Welcome back to the Flow Grappling Studio. It is another episode of A Fistful of Collars, by far your favourite jiu-jitsu podcast. By far. By far. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's a pleasure to have you back here once again, another week here in the studio. Reed Connell, Will Safford, myself, Howell Teague, still Chase on the road, man. Where is that guy? Korea. Ooh. Oh. South Korea. For there for the Spider Invitational, which uh, goes down this weekend. I'm kind of jealous. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have minded going to that one. No, he's got some cool behind-the-scenes stuff. Like If you guys haven't checked out our Instagram, he's already seen all the guys. They're already in town. They're warming up for Doom. Keenan's there. Keenan's going to be doing commentary at Spider. It's going to be a, it's going to be an awesome weekend. I mean, I would, I would imagine that most people who watch this podcast already follow us on Instagram, right? But we should probably let people know that the Instagram's actually a really good place to get some of that cool behind-the-scenes stuff too, right? Because we post a lot to our Instagram stories, and there's always a lot of stuff, you know, like uh, in the training room. Because uh, you, tell us about it, Reed, actually. At the last Spider event, they, um, they're quite, uh, they have like a really set schedule, and they actually uh, make time for the guys to do these training sessions, right? Yeah, yeah. A lot of these stuff that Chase has been posting was reminding me a lot of my visit in February there they had the orientation you know they're man the spider the way they run a tournament the way they run the, the whole um, the whole event is like they, they really dot all their, their eyes and cross all their T's you know they have everything all planned out so they had the orientation and then of course they have a um, a sweet little like a private training center spider Ooh. training center that you saw those blue mats invitation where, only where Verdum and, and Lucas and stuff were, were training I'm not sure if it's invitation only I think it is open to the public and I think mm, they nice. do open mats and stuff there um, all the time but uh, yeah yeah that, that was a lot, a lot of fun I got to train last year with, with Lucas Barbosa and and um saw the meows there training and stuff like that so it's cool when, when all those guys descend on soul right it's kind of a big deal so it's cool well this uh this live show is going to be happening for us it'll be happening on friday night which is 24 hours uh from right now the live show or if you're listening to this later on podcast on itunes or whatever it is you downloaded it from then uh the live show may have already happened. In that case, I suggest that you go to the site and you check out the archives. But I wanted to give uh, the listeners, stroke viewers, a little bit of a heads up on something that we've got as well, and that is the Flow Sports app. Okay, so you can go to uh, on iTunes, the iTunes Store, the App Store. Go to Flow Sports, and then you can log in and you can select which of the channels. And remember, there are plenty, such as wrestling combat etc etc and you can get your membership and basically you'll have access to all of the videos that we upload to the site all of the articles that we post to the site you can watch the live events through the site as well and basically the app acts as like a hub for everything that you would see on the website but I like it because you know what happens if sometimes I'm out and about usually usually I'm sat down and I make sure that I'm watching the event but sometimes I'm busy sometimes I'm doing something and I get a notification on my phone saying hey by the way you know let's say fight to win 90 whatever Mm -hmm. starts 10 minutes go check it out boom I hit the button live stream comes up on my phone immediately doesn't matter where I am or what I'm doing I can get my jujitsu fixed Um, isn't that cool super clean too it's like really good design I, I like how clean and organized it is and uh, I've watched actually a few events on there. It's the quality of the video is awesome. The, whoever built this app did a did a great job. Yeah. Sh- shout out to the app team. <laughs> those guys yeah, are sometimes raised. I feel like um, <laughs> you know some people can think that the site is a little cumbersome to move around in, but not the app. The app is like is really smooth and everything com- comes up really quick and everything like that. So I, I love f- searching around the app. It's a lot of fun. Awesome thing is as well if you've got like Apple TV, then you can actually send the stream from your phone to the Apple TV and you can watch it on like a different screen as well so it's pretty badass Sweet. yeah so check it out and of course you can read all the articles and stuff lots of articles lots of previews about the various events that we've got coming up uh, one of the big pieces of news that we did drop uh, this week was the uh, the competitors list for the ADCC trials that weekend mm. that went crazy True. right because everybody wanted to see who signed up but I did want to mention as well that with the trials Having started now, right? This we just recently had the first ADCC trials of the of the the new season, shall we say, which was in Europe about mm-hmm. a month ago, and this weekend will be the second. It'll be the first North American trials that we've started the master list, right? Somebody want to break down what is the master list? Yeah, there's a good good um, 
kind of primer last year or two years ago we did um, that just kind of like you know set all the all the names that were qualified all, all the names that got invites all the names that won the trials and things like that so you can know exactly who is going to be in the bracket uh, as it builds you know like how said we had the first European trials so that name is in there next weekend or this weekend we'll have another name because the first um, North American winner will be in there the uh, 2017 champions are usually in there so man this is what gets me so excited this this part of the year this part of the t- uh, ADCC season now we get to start to see what these brackets are going to look like uh, so excited for for 2019 worlds for sure it's literally a, a living breathing document that is going to build throughout the season I mean, this is the Change great thing. You can, yeah, you can keep going back in and checking it because after every trials event, there's obviously uh, potentially there's uh, I don't know, 67, 68, 99, overnight. There's five new names. If there are women's uh, trials that event as well, there's seven new names added to that list after every event. And sometimes, you know, those names are kind of surprising, right? The mm-hmm. trials have a great way of throwing out some uh, some wild cards. Yeah. So. And, and I, I love the trials, of course. The trials system is, is so great the way it works. But, like, man, it's so exciting kind of waiting to see who's going to be invited right oh, yeah. like yeah, after yeah. after all the trials have kind of shook out you you see where you know who won the european who won the asia and everything like that and you're like okay there's five slots left who's going to get those invites yeah, it's, you know? and, it's and like they the trickle missing... them out slowly <laughs> yeah you know? it's like the missing pieces on a jigsaw puzzle exactly. right yeah <laughs> we had a question the other day why isn't dylan or why isn't um gordon ryan doing trials <laughs> and yeah. actually it's no it's a good question yeah, yeah, go yeah explain it that returning champions automatically get an invite to the next world championship so exactly they, so yeah, he, doesn't he doesn't have to do to. trials no but Nikki ryan who actually did make it to he was invited last last ADCC because somebody got hurt, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, that always happens. Weight, I believe, at the very last Someone could make weight, so, so Nikki was yeah. a replacement. So just because he went doesn't mean that he's automatically getting invited back. So he is actually signed up this weekend to do the trials. Yeah, exactly. you can be an ADCC veteran, and you may have to qualify again. Yeah, there's, there's that. But yeah, champions, they automatically get the invite back. And, you know, it's, it's only right, because you'd expect them to defend their title, right? right yeah, I think the only champion that didn't return in... in uh, 2017 was Hadolfo. Davi Hamos and Hadolfo. And Hadolfo. So two, two champions didn't return uh, in 2017. So well. Some guys changed categories though, right? Because remember that Yuri came back at the last one to win his second him. title. Exactly. He did 88, then 99. And it's the same thing with so Gordon. So you do that. You don't, you don't have to go back to the, to the division one. You can nope. Go. nope. But I can imagine the same thing will happen for Gordon because he won gold at 88. I don't see him getting down Been to 88 there, done kilos that. again, right? <laughs> 99. I think 99. Over 99. Over 99. I see him doing see over 99. <laughs> well, he says he's walking around around about 220-ish, right? Up or down a few pounds, oh, depending on the day, uh, which is 99 kilos, thereabouts. So I think it depends on who's from his team is also going to compete. Right. Right? If it opens up a slot that's above true. or below. but He is the biggest Danaher death squad guy. Mm-hmm. That's that's one thing about the, the DDS team. They don't, they don't really have, have a, lot of big guys. a bunch of big guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's mostly like the... The uh, the featherweights they have a lot of featherweights and it's interesting as well because last uh, last ADCC Worlds you had Gordon eighty eight you had Jake Shields at ninety nine Jake obviously is now tra- based in New York training at Danahurst he's mm. smaller than Gordon so. he is but he competed at, uh, under ninety nine and then over ninety nine was Tom DeBlas and Gordon cut so much weight I mean he's naturally bigger than both those guys oh wow yeah, yeah I was wondering how the heck did he get to eighty eight. Yeah, he did. did, did do a, a pretty lot. do a pretty uh, intensive weight cut. I remember there that last um, last few days, he did look pretty skinny. I mean, it, it sounded like you know he he did it right and he didn't have too much of a problem. But definitely from going from kind of like the week before, where I remember walking into Danaher's, I went walking into the blue basement, and I was like, oh my god, Gordon Ryan is so big. You know, I was like, oh my god, <laughs> yeah. he's so huge. And then, um, and then, then, like, yeah, a couple of weeks later, when he was down to eighty-eight kilos, what is what, that's like, um, hundred ninety pounds, yeah. or something like that. So, no, he really is huge. Like, if if you've never seen him in person, he's just a big guy. Yeah, he's a big dude. He's he's got broad shoulders, jacked. big sh- shoulders. Yeah, but you yeah. know who else was at ADCC? Who dad? Do I, I? I never knew this. I just looked it up. Ben Askren. Ben Askren is an ADCC veteran. That's right. When I mean, did he compete? 2009. Wow, that's back in the day, huh? So he got, he got an invite, right? He didn't win the trials. He he. So ADCC used to, I feel like, a lot more um, invite a lot more uh, MMA wrestlers guys. and MMA guys yeah. and things like that. Guys from, from other disciplines. Mm. Was Ben even doing MMA at that point? 2009. Yeah, he, he must have been because he'd competed in the Olympics the year before. Yeah. He did the 2008 Olympics in Beijing, right? Yes. Yeah. So he was like a year out from being an Olympic wrestler and he gets the invite to ADCC. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. it must be kind of in-between period. There. You have to wonder how many Olympic wrestlers would actually 
take that call, you know? That's that's a that's a step up, right? Yeah, definitely. I'd love to see Jordan Burroughs in ADCC. Man, imagine. <laughs> Kyle Snyder. Kyle Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be crazy. Kyle Snyder, Gordon Ryan. <laughs> hey, David Taylor, actually, who recently, uh, he won World Championship, right? Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's trained quite a bit with Gore, uh, Sorry, with Dylan, right? True, yeah. They ha- they, there is a video floating around YouTube of, of the two of them, the Magic Man, they call him. The Magic Man in, uh, in Dylan, uh, rolling around doing some wrestling and stuff like that. Fun, fun video. Interesting. Um, but yeah, Dylan not known really for for a wrestler, but at least in the video he looks like he's uh, doing doing pretty well against one of the best wrestlers in the entire world, David Taylor. So. Dylan's got some wrestling. Yeah. I mean, like uh, there, are, you can go on Flow Wrestling and you can actually find matches of Dylan Dennis from when he was in high school. Sure. High school. Yeah, but that was Parsippany, actually Parsippany, New That was Jersey. actually one of the things that uh, so so Ben Askren and Dylan Dennis just had a little beef on, <laughs> on Twitter. What's that? Dil- Dylan getting into it can with you somebody it? on social media? No, and, and Ben. Askren too, right? He's, yeah, he's yeah. Real, yeah. It's only, t- only a matter of time before those two probably cross paths. <laughs> but he, but uh, Ben was actually saying that Dylan's wrestling, like it's no wonder that that Connor didn't do very well against Habib because Dylan was basically his grappling coach, and Dylan he was he was not uh, giving too much praise to Dylan's uh, wrestling skills. Well, listen, I mean, as good as Dylan. Is as a grappler. First off, right? Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> as good as Dylan is as a grappler, as a jujitsu black belt, or as a wrestler, whatever you want to say, you have to think, it, man. It's pretty hard to replicate somebody of Khabib's wrestling ability, right? Find somebody as with the same like lifelong pedigree of wrestling as a guy from Dagestan. Good fucking luck, you know. Hundred percent. But uh, but also like when I look at Dylan Dennis, I I see a jujitsu fighter. You know, I who wrestles? Who wrestles? Right? I agree. You know, grappler. Like he's he's done. Gi- he definitely has done some nogi stuff, but I don't, I don't see like a wrestler. Whereas Habib, you just saw that photo that went around Instagram. He's a white belt jujitsu. Yeah. He's not a jujitsu guy. He's a gra- yeah. he's a wrestler. Can you imagine that white belt tuning up to your gym? Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> but they, you I ever think, trained before, bro? <laughs> <laughs> I think they did bring in also like a Moldovan uh, wrestling coach to to help him out too. So, um, but yeah, I, I agree. He definitely is a jujitsu guy, right? Even in his MMA fight, he pulled pulled guard, you know, and, and tapped him out from there. So um, usually most wrestlers don't pull guard um, that I know of. That's anyway. true. So that is very true. <laughs> if very I know true. any wrestlers, I know that they don't pull guard ever. <laughs> but you could say then that Dylan is a complete grappler, that he can fight true, from top true. or bottom. But, yeah. but would you say he's the best BJJ guy in MMA? No. <laughs> this no, is no, no it's offense, certainly debatable. He's only had one match, right? He's his pedigree is that he's a brown belt no gi world champion. Okay, brown belt actually gi and no gi or just uh, just, just no gi. gi. Uh, okay, yeah, but um, interesting. I'm gonna reference it once more. I have mentioned it before on this podcast, but the BJJ Goons podcast, mm-hmm. Tim Spriggs and DJ Jackson. Mm-hmm. Shout out to those guys. I enjoy their show. Uh, it's interesting because they had the same conversation. Who is the best jujitsu guy in MMA? And you know who DJ Jackson said? Durinho. Four-time, I think, no gi world champion, and and a gi world champion, and a gi world mm-hmm. champion, and an ADCC veteran. Actually, if you're going off pure credentials, Fabrizio Verdum is also a really good uh, candidate. He's yeah. a two-time ADCC champion, a two-time IBJJF gi world champion, and a former UFC heavyweight champion. With, like, as you mentioned last week, right? Read a ton of good subs over top guys. Yeah, definitely. I've I've, I've been singing Fabrizio's praise for a long time just because yeah definitely he's like he nobody else has submitted Fabricio I mean um uh Fedor Milianenko, Alistair Overeem, Noguera and uh Cain Velasquez like what that's such a crazy list of people to submit you know no he makes a good point Durinho is Durinho is so awesome too because he's he stays super active on the grappling circuit like you see him all the time and then the next week or a couple weeks later you see him in the UFC well he had a fight not that long ago that he lost by knockout right that's a a problem yeah he's got a little bit maybe a little bit too comfortable in the stand up I Mm -hmm. think he should stick to his jiu jitsu roots Mm -hmm. in the cage but that's what well, UFC fans want to see, right? <clears throat> yeah, and it's kind of like um, the route Damian Maya went, mm-hmm. right? You know, he kind of fell in love with his stand-up too, or you know, at least that's kind of like the narrative. He fell in love with his stand-up in some fights too, and then it took him that that route to realize that he needed to really kind of like double down on his grappling, and then he became twice as dominant. So maybe that's the the route Gilbert Burns is, is taking as well. But I think, you know, Damien Maia, people always talk about him, um, Jacare as yeah, well. Yeah, Jacare had that problem too, right? He got a little bit too comfortable in stand-up, I think, too. True, yeah, but he had a couple. Grappling-wise, would you say Ben Askren is one of the best grapplers in MMA? Well, 
best wrestlers. Best wrestlers, without a doubt. Yeah, I don't think there's there's probably like a list of like maybe less than five guys in the world who could out wrestle Ben in the he's, cage. He's right? definitely adapted his grappling style mm-hmm. to MMA the best, maybe mm-hmm. or one of the best. Um, you know, because just because he has been so dominant. In, in, in it's just grappling. You know, he, he really doesn't have much striking. You really, you watch all of his fights and he really like doesn't have... Just dives in on that Yeah, down. he doesn't have many like punches thrown even, you know, over five round fights, you know, right. um, from, from the feet because, uh, you know, his, his grappling is but just I'm, so I'm dominant. Not, I'm not too familiar with Ben Askren. Like he's, he's super hot right now, but so what's, what's the draw about him? Well, I mean, he's undefeated for a start, right? Which is pretty exceptional when you've got like a 20 fight 20 plus fight career you know um i mean he's just looked unstoppable basically but, but i'd have to look up exactly like his biggest wins but like the ones that come to mind to me are um douglas Shigeoki. lima when when he dominated douglas lima in bellator and i think douglas lima has gone on to prove that like he's a very good welterweight he gave rory mcdonald one of his toughest fights ever i think even after the, after the fight rory mcdonald said that douglas lima was the toughest guy he'd ever fought and he fought mm. you know tyron woodley douglas lima is more of like a stand-up striker right yeah yeah more of a striker uh, for sure he fought uh, I beat Andre Korshkov, which I remember was a really big win um, for him in, in his career. That was Bellator as well. Um, you know, has he ever faced a really good wrestler? Um, he fought um, Shinaoki, who's a you know a grappler, not not a yeah, wrestler. One of the most savage um, submission artists in all of MMA. I mean, that guy, he like li- I lost count of how many arms he's broken. But that was like early but, uh, but I mean, right? like I would expect uh, honestly if, if if he did go up against a wrestler, I mean, you know, he was one of the best wrestlers in the, in in the NCAA multiple time uh, NCAA finalist, Hodge Trophy multiple time Hodge Trophy mm-hmm. winner. So I would expect him, even if he would go up against an accomplished wrestler, um, unless it's like a, um, a like a David Taylor or something like that, I would ex- still expect him to to kind of win those well, matches so so how do you think you would do against a guy like dylan dennis oh i think dylan wins 10 times out of 10 for sure dylan wins no, no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> no that's a great fight though i would, for me, watch, it. I would it, watch it i would watch it i'd <laughs> love to see that match and you can you can kind of wonder like uh, man how would it go i i see it being a wrestler versus jujitsu guy in in the cage i don't see him standing and trading because neither of them have really got stand up to write home about mm-hmm. um you know, Ben doesn't really finish people. I brought up his record here. He he had 19 fights, one no contest. So let's say 18, yeah, 18 fights. Lewis Kane, I remember that. Well, he's had five submissions. I think you know, in 19 fights, for a guy who mauls people on the ground, you know, you'd have to think those would open up submission opportunities, mm-hmm. right? So um, maybe not the hottest finisher, but, uh, you know, wrestlers aren't known for their submissions. Whereas Dylan, you can one, the one thing you can say about Dylan is that, it's kill or be killed, right? That he doesn't care about position, top or bottom. He doesn't really care about, you know, reversals, whatever. He'll give up position to, to dive on the opportunity to finish somebody. And he, more often than not, can't find it. So I'll I'll say that, that if, if you know, Dylan would go out there, he'll probably happily accept getting underneath those legs, like go for like some kind of leg lock attack. You know, Askren would, you know, basically look to maul him, but I see Dylan pulling out a leg lock. So in a grappling match, you see Dylan? No, I see that happening in MMA as in well. In MMA as yeah, well? Yeah, I do. Dylan all the way? No, uh, you know, it's not as clear cut as that. I wouldn't right. say all the way. But, but I also want to, want to point out the, um, the kind of infamous training session that is on YouTube between Ben Askren and D- Dylan's former coach, Marcelo Garcia. Garcia. That's, a, that's a really fun video if you've never watched that I've one. I've never that, seen that one. That, that's a great video. Well, it's basically Marcelo abusing Ben Askren for like five <laughs> minutes straight, tapping him out at will with submissions that don't even exist. Just, right. But that, I mean, that's, that says a lot to Marcelo's ability. Yeah, and that was yeah. Marcelo, that was a few years ago, right? Yeah, so well, Marcelo was yeah. Well, this is super interesting because I, I put a poll up in the in the Facebook chat Ooh. and um, I said, who wins in a grappling match between Dylan Dennis and Ben Askren? 78% went with, went with Ben Askren. 22% went with Dylan. So people got a lot of faith in uh, in Ben's grappling abilities. But I think you make a great point, too. Is like he doesn't, he's not known as a finisher. Mm-hmm. Like he'll, he'll win a fight when he gets on top and he can kind of ground and pound, but he, he lacks in the, in the submissions, whereas Dylan, like you said, definitely knows how to finish a fight. So... Yeah, yeah. One of my True. favorite um, matches from Dylan last uh, little bit was when he fought Jackson Souza. There, that was a, such an impressive performance, I think. And uh, 
yeah, it just goes to show, I think, how, how good Dylan is at those leg leg uh, attacks and things like that. So I, I know that right, he, he lost, uh, Ben Askren lost to ADCC via a, a leg attack or yeah by Pablo Popovich was it a, what was it a toehold or oh, I'm not sure yeah something some, sure. a leg attack I forget exactly what it was um, so you could you could point to that being a, a weakness in, in Ben Askren's game and a strength in Dylan's game so mm-hmm. hey what am I seeing in on flow grappling though let's do it let's do it how do we, how do we make that happen that what, what do we do alright set that out I don't <laughs> know I mean let's put it out there you know I mean Ben said that he's open to doing grappling matches right it's Dylan He's gonna wrestle Midlands. I believe he would. What's Midlands? Man, Midlands is like the the toughest toughest um, high school tournament. Or it's not even just a high school tournament. It's like the toughest one of the toughest wrestling tournaments in the country. It's like all the big high school names go, but you can also a lot of like the um, freestyle wrestlers who are trying to win U.S. Opens and things like that. They can also so like anyone can. Yeah, them. yeah. So it's like That's a really like a lot of tough older guys will go so high school wrestlers can can match up against the kind of like uh, guys who, who already graduated and stuff like that uh, but it's a super exciting tournament that they always have every year and it was like um yeah just uh, has always been one of the toughest tournaments to, to to win it's like guys who win the ncaa tournament couldn't you can't even win it sometimes that that's how tough it is Hmm, interesting. I think quite a few people would want to uh, to face Dylan right now. <laughs> yeah. Think? yeah, I don't think he would have a short. A Gore Gilbert, of... we were just talking about Durino and Gilbert's called him out too, right? They've been yeah, they've been at it too. I, I don't know. I, I, I'll I'll be honest. When it comes to the grappling thing, I think Dylan definitely seems open to taking on big big grappling matches. Mm. You know, um, he's mentioned to me that he's he's definitely interested in in going up against big name MMA guys because obviously kind of good for his career right mm. that's the direction that he's moving he wouldn't just take on any random black belt he'd want a guy who's got a name I think Askren is that kind of guy yeah right yeah. problem is Askren now he got traded from 1FC to the UFC mm-hmm. which is pretty epic news right there's a whole story there yeah. but what does that mean for Ben though because UFC you know they're not necessarily the most uh, I don't know permissive of extracurricular yeah, activities true. although that said you know Durinho has been very active in in, in competing so he's a contracted ben UFC Henderson. guy Ben Henderson's another good example so there are some who get away with it but Ben has never had the greatest relationship with the UFC and they still haven't publicly acknowledged that they've, yeah. that they've got him <laughs> so I think they're, they're going to have to work some stuff out there before he can yeah. start asking for hey do you mind if I go off and wrestle this guy we'll see do you think uh, Dylan will get an invite to ADCC? That's what I was just thinking because he was mm. there in 2017. And he got invited. You know? He got invited. Yeah, he had was. a phenomenal match with Gordon Ryan. I do. I yeah, think I he agree. was probably the closest that, to beating Gordon Ryan. We went to a ref decision. Oh, he was, he was extremely him, close. Him ref decision. There. Yeah. Had such really, really close matches. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he did lose, of course. and oh, But he did come back in the absolute division. In, in the, uh, he had a match over, uh, I think, the guy, I forget Shrek. the guy's name. Hid, Hideki, Hid, no, it wasn't Shrek. It was Hideki Sakini. It's not Shrek. It's a different Japanese guy. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, but then he fought. He had a great match losing on points to Muhammad Ali yep. after that. And Muhammad Ali, remember, Muhammad Ali, 200 and whatever pound Muhammad yeah. Ali against... Dylan, that was a pretty crazy match. Yeah, but and even Dylan did have some good good attacks in that. In that yeah, match, exactly the same thing. He was getting hucked around by Muhammad, who's you know known for his big high amplitude throws, right? right. Foot swept and you know kind of got launched and stuff. But Dylan's just like, yeah, no worries, because in that transition they hit the ground. Boom, he's on the guillotine. Boom, he's looking mm. for the crucifix. Yeah, you know? I, could, so. I could definitely see him getting a getting an invite again because I definitely I, I still think that Dylan's one of the best grapplers out there so about, I, I could definitely see him what about Ben Askren getting the invite that would make things interesting huh so, dude ADCC set it up <laughs> like seriously <laughs> that, it that, that would be epic it's in Los Angeles this year right so you, yeah. one thing I loved was at the last uh, ADCC as well was that they, set, they they made Dylan and Gordon first round in yeah, the brackets. that was crazy. Yeah, that is epic because you know what they'd been circling each other for so long on like you know social media, and there was a lot of beef between the two camps. Mm. And it was like ADCC man, no f's given. They, they, <laughs> they're just round. like settle it right yeah. here, oh, get it done. <laughs> I love epic. it. I love ADCC so yeah. much, man. It's so much fun. It's cool. Well, speaking of uh, great no-gi events to look forward to, we got another big one coming up on uh, November the 10th in uh, in New York City. Yeah. And all three of us are heading out to this one. Kasai Pro 4. You've probably heard us talking about Kasai Pro 4 once or twice here on this show because, man, they've been you know rolling out the information for many, many weeks now about, the, about who's in. And it is a really, really stacked event. It's a, man, it's a showcase for some of the best talent in the game right now. Would you agree? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think especially that um, eight-man, 145-pound tournament that they have going, like literally all eight of those names are, um, you know, potential winners there and potential medalists at ADCC. I think all those guys, uh, this is like a I kind of like a little preview of there's ADCC. There's like six actual ADCC veterans, maybe five. Ooh, but yeah, one, these two, guys. Three, four, five. I see. Yeah, five. Did Jenny Grippo ever go to ADCC? Yes. Oh, he did? 2015. Boom. Maybe even 2013 as this well. This is like an ADCC bracket right okay, here. Yeah. yeah, it was kind of rough, actually, because Gianni had to fight Cabrini at 2015 ADCC. Because gotcha. they were the uh, teammates, uh, Alliance, Alliance, right? right. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So, yeah, six. So, yeah, and I had totally, like that eight-man tournament, I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to exactly that one. You know, I'm so pumped to see, you know, Paolo or in, versus like a uh, Gio and, you know, Calistine, I think, has been really beating that drum for a long time, saying he's among the elite. So now it's time for, for a guy like Calistine, a guy like Williams, a guy like Ethan Krenlinston to kind of prove that they are among the elite at this division. It's such a stacked division. Any early picks? Early picks, man. Um, no, no early picks for me, actually. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> you, know what, you know what I love about this bracket is is the different um, styles. There's so many different styles. Like, you have a few. Mm -hmm. You've got uh, John Calasini is more of like a leg locker, right? More of a Saboni style kind sub of guy. Saboni, mm -hmm. Gio Martinez has got the whole 10th Planet thing, you know, crazy guards. But hit, seeing him hitting some Gogo Platas lately. Gogo Platas, mm -hmm. great back taker. Um, Bruno Frazzato is, is just a legend. You know, this guy's got so much experience. He's a really good back taker as well. He's a, just a good technician everywhere, mm -hmm. right? He's going to be hard to beat in the tournament, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Got a lot of experience. Probably the most experienced guy. Actually. No, actually, I guess it's between Frazzato and Tanquino as to who's the most experienced. I probably give Tanquino the edge there. He's a ADCC third place finisher, I think, possibly runner up. What would you say uh, is his, his style? Tanquino? Yeah. Whew, uh, like. Almost unsweepable from top. Just for, a, I mean, Tankino means little tank, yeah. right? His 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 older brother is Tank, and then Big Tank, and then he's Little Tank, right? And uh, I mean, both of them are very short, very stocky, and just so hard to shift from on top. They just got that a great low base, heavy pressure. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of, it, I'd say with Tankino, it's very solid, fundamental jujitsu. Maybe nothing flashy, mm -hmm. but very, very effective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then throw Ethan Cronston in the mix, DDS. Great sub-hunter. Yeah, sub-hunter. And then round it out with Paula Meow. Yeah. Like, how crazy is that? For Ethan, is I think he's, you know, along... I, I would say kind of like maybe guys like Ashley Williams and, and Ethan Krellinston, they've probably the lesser-known guys on mm -hmm. that list, right? Because sure. Calistine, EBI winner, Gio also, uh, Gianni Grippo, Frazado, Tanquino, Meow, very, very well-known names. Ashley Williams, um, he had the honor of being the youngest uh, guy, the youngest British-born jiu-jitsu black belt. I think he got promoted to black belt when he's 21, wow. something like that. Yeah. Interesting side note, he has a twin brother who also trains jujitsu. Is that right? I'm not sure if the twin's black belt yet or is... No, I, I, was, I was talking to him a little bit there at the last one. And he, yeah, he was saying that um, they're like, oh, what if you guys just like switched places, right? You know? And he was like, well, it would go really bad for me because he's <laughs> way better at jujitsu than I am. So. <laughs> I like, so I'm not sure I'd really want to switch places with him. Yeah, so right. I don't think he is. And then, you know, uh, Ethan, he... he uh, He's an ADCC veteran, right? He uh, he, won, he won the trials, West Coast trials. Mm -hmm. trials. But still, you know, I think he got um, two matches into ADCC 2017. Mm, he, he beat Nicholas Renier in the first round. Impressive submission there, yeah. Yeah, and then he fought AJ in the second round. Mm. And man, that match with AJ was crazy because he, you know how AJ, we always say that he's very hard to finish. Yes. He proved it in that match because Ethan threw everything at him, yeah, including yeah. the kitchen sink. Huh. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah I so some, sometimes I think, yeah, Ethan... Uh, um, through, through submissions and kind of sacrifice position and then ended up losing. Ethan also won his way into this bracket by beating uh, Juni. At right? the previous Kasai, yeah. submitted him from the back. Mm -hmm. yeah. The previous Kasai choked him from the back and he looked really good. Again, Juni is a very good grappler. Oh, yeah. And then I think Ashley also punched his ticket when he beat uh, Frank Rosenthal. That was a, a That's right. fun little overtime. The, I think the only match that went to overtime in, on the undercard uh, from last Kasai and if I remember like it was a Sudden death overtime, right? And he passed his guard, mm. kind of like right at the very end, and mm. that was an exciting one. Yeah, it was. Any I mean, uh, any picks for you, for you over there, Will? Man, Anybody jump so out hard. at you? <laughs> this is so hard because it's such a battle of styles. You know what? I'm I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Grippo. 
mm. Gianni Grippo. Just because he knows, I mean, the guy has so much experience. He's you can't submit him. He's he fought Calistine last last time, right? He didn't get submitted. Calistine's a great leg lock. Man, you know what? And he's gone I'm, through the tournament once he's before. Gone through the tournament. I'm he, trying to think. The only right time there. I've seen Gianni tapped out, like in the last year or more, was against Keenan in the Gi. And Keenan's huge yeah, compared to Gianni. His weight class. So yeah. you know, what I mean, it's not often that Gianni gets caught. If he doesn't win, he'll be right up there, probably finals. But uh, I think he's a safe bet, Gianni Grippo. Well, it's important to note as well that when he fought Calistine at the last Kasai Pro uh, 3, sorry, they fought the super fight. There were no points, True. right? It was submission True. only. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I, I guess I'd have to go back and watch that match and score it. But you'd have to think that the strategy would be different with points are on the line sure. and sure, sure. Gianni is so used to playing under points rules now it's his his world right exactly. <laughs> yeah. and he so. took third at, in the 155 the Kasai won right and that was with Gary Tonin Hanato Canuto that's right and there's a bunch of good leg lockers there guys who were actually a little bit bigger than him and he did really well so what about oh. you Hal man I mean it really is a it's a pick em, right um I definitely like to see some of the younger guys go out there and and really shake things up. Uh, I'd I'd love to see like a John Callistine or an Ethan Cronenstein go out there and and you know take a couple of submissions. But against that lineup, I think it's going to be really really it's tough. Um, then I'd love to see some of the veterans go out there and, and show how to deal with these up and coming youngsters with the modern fancy games and stuff. You know, so uh, but it's. I think, you know, you've got to go for one of the, the safer bets and I'm probably going to pick somebody like a Paolo Miao because oh, yeah. we were talking about it earlier about Gianni. You almost never see him get finished. You never see anybody tap out Paolo. Doesn't, that is doesn't like, tap the heel hooks. Just yeah, doesn't yeah. tap. No, no. It's like him and his brother, Joao, they've got that, those weird legs. They just rubber. They will not yeah. tap to. And, you know, incredible. So I think Paolo... Um, and good thing about Paulo as well is that he's really developed this game over the last couple of years. So he's got a really, really good top game now as well. Yeah, you know, he's right? been training with too. Who's he been training with? Well, Dylan Dennis. Eddie Cummings. Oh. <laughs> Actually, no. <laughs> no. No. Word is that, yes, they're training in the same room because Eddie Cummings has since uh, recently joined Unity Jiu-Jitsu in New York, right? Big story behind yeah, that one. Yeah. But uh, Paulo and Eddie have not trained together. Not yet. Not yet. Ah. Yes. Also good to note real quick that it's uh, if you guys have never watched a Kasai before, it's right two four-man brackets, round robin. Round so all, robin the good thing that. about this is all those guys are going to fight each other, and then the kind of winners of each group move on to the finals. So I'll 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 take a I'll take Who's a stab. Got? I'll take Who's Gio got? Martinez. Oh, I'd, nice I'd like one. to see Gio Gio do well, and I Oof. think that you know if he's going up against leg lockers in Ethan and in Calistine and, and a lot of the other guys are leg lockers and I think Gio, Gio can uh, can win those battles so I like, I like that. that you know you made like that, that point earlier about it like it, it being Gianni's house now because like it's a points oh yeah it's more of a points but you actually do get a point for submission attempt yeah so there's, there's about the points they basically uh, standard kind of IBJJF point scoring like two points for sweep two points for takedown mm-hmm. four points you know for the back etc cetera, etc cetera. but there's no advantages but what they do is they have one point for near attacks near takedowns right right uh, which in effect is an advantage right but it's whatever right. it's it's not a not a half point it's actually a one point um there's that great clip that you uploaded right read of wagner oh, man, when man. he kind of gets into that wrestling scramble with Renato, hits him down and doesn't quite you know consolidate the position but gets up and he's like yeah no i, I love on, where I, is it <laughs> i love the one point thing I, you know it's a it's like a little bit it's weighted a little bit more than an advantage, yeah. but not not as much as two points, obviously. But it always mixes things up, and you can throw an extra point in there. You know, yeah. it's like, whoa, where did that point come from? That's How do you get it back? Tiebreaker right yeah. there. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Wagner and uh, well, Wagner's going to be facing Hanato Canuto in the rematch. Oh, in the super fight. Right. Yeah, we got some. We got some really, really good super fights. Actually, uh, we got Mateus Denise versus Gordon Ryan, Crazy. which is a great one. I mean, obviously, we we always love seeing Gordon in action and against an absolute just a human gorilla like super Mateus Denise Kasai, Kasai Pro Two uh, tournament winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wagner Hocha versus Hanato Canuto, rematch of the Kasai Pro 3 Worldweight Tournament. And then PJ Barch versus Matthias Lutz, both also competitors in that 170 pound tournament, the Kasai Pro 3 as well. 
Ooh, lots of breakdown there. Yeah, man, plenty of big super fights. I say the one that I'm really looking forward to probably is that Wagner versus Hanato match. And what I love most about this match is that this one kind of did leave a little sour taste in everybody's mouth the first time mm -hmm. around. You know, it's kind of like Wagner thought he was winning, Hanato thought he was winning, and it kind of you know made for a little bit of a stalemate towards the end. You know, so. Um, you know, not to take anything away from Hanato Canuto, he definitely won, won the match. But I like that they were like, you know what? This was a, a great matchup. Um, we, everybody kind of wanted to see this one, I think, from the get-go walking into the tournament. You know, it happened. It didn't live up to the expectations, but we're going to run it back. This time, submission only. Give Wagner a chance to kind of, like, get revenge, you know, that he thought he had in the, in the beginning. And so I think that's awesome that they gave him the chance to, to, to make right, make this an exciting match, make this, you know, a badass match. I'm really looking forward to that one. Yeah, we all want to see a definitive answer, right? Yeah, so exactly. Let's have the second go at that and see what they can what are, do. What are the rules on that one? It's a submission only submission match. Only. Ten minutes, I believe. I, I'm not sure if there's an overtime or not. To, um, um, couldn't speak. Honestly, I think you know who doesn't like seeing Gordon Ryan, right? So him and Mateus <laughs> Denise. One thing I like about Mateus Denise is where he trains with Marcelo Garcia. Mm -hmm. They train gi and no gi year round. Yeah, doesn't regardless matter. of when it regardless, is. Regardless, yeah. doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. So fifty-fifty split on the class timetable. Right. That when we were interviewing him after after one Kasai two, he was saying, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm I'm ready for anything. I'm game for anything. So it's not like he's had to go through this camp to try to get ready for Gordon Ryan. He's just he's ready to go, and he's got a really good. Um, Obviously, a guillotine, right? Really good at taking the back, so I'm excited for that one. And, and, I, I, and we were talking about, just real quick, we were talking about um, Gordon being such a big guy. Man, <laughs> Mateus, like you said, that dude is a, strong. That dude's huge, too. Uh, you know, walking into Marcelo's, that guy is an imposing guy, too. So Word is that he's, like, you know, one of the strongest guys in the gym. And he's not the biggest by any means, but I remember Bernardo Faria telling me that, you know, Bernardo's super heavyweight, right? Like 220 or whatever. Yeah. And uh, he used to say that, yeah, training with Mateus is just like every single time. Yeah. He's no, just, I think that yeah. one's going to be fireworks. But honestly, the one that I think is going to be the best is PJ Barch versus Mateus Lutz. It's a great match. I mean, they're both, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about PJ and his credentials as a 10th planet, 10th planet black belt plus having that wrestling pedigree. And Mateus Lutz, you know, a Marcelo Garcia representative, um, but really, really just well-rounded grappler, actually, mm -hmm. right? Kind of, he, he actually, not just physically in terms of like his, his size and his stature, but stylistically, he, he reminds me a lot of JT Torres in yeah. that he's got a really, really dynamic kind of passing game. He's got great wrestling. You know, he can fight from bottom. And obviously, you know, JT is a very well-established veteran and Mateus is still on the come up. But, you know, stylistically, do you see some something there? Absolutely, yeah. I think these, I mean, they're both super aggressive guys. You know, they're good on their feet and they're both super young, you know, so they kind mm. of have something to prove a little bit. I think they're really going to go at, after each other. I think Mateus kind of had a breakout performance at Kasai 3. He took third place. He, he performed really, really well. And then he went to the Rise tournament, which we had on, on flow, but he, he took a loss there. Well, that was overtime, right? Overtime. In overtime. overtime rules, but he yeah. fought his heart out in yeah, regulation, yeah. and I think he wants to avenge that loss. So I think this one is going to be super dynamic. Yeah, I think um, I was going to say that he reminds me of uh, Mateus Denise a little bit too, like seeing him at, him at the gym when I went last time. Like a scaled-down version? Yeah, just like a slightly smaller version of Mateus Denise in that, man, like those guys don't ever let up and like they don't ever let you rest or kind of like set your grips or anything like that. Both of them just seem like to be coming at you 100% of the time. They mm -hmm. never let you kind of like breathe, and I think they have that in, in common. So that's going to be an exciting one. I totally agree. Yeah, November 10th, Kasai Pro 4. Watch it live on flowgrappling.com. As I mentioned before, make sure you get the app. <laughs> and then you can get the notification as to when it goes live. You won't miss a single match. Uh, what else we got coming up? Um, oh, you know what we should talk about, actually? What's that? Gary Tonin. Hmm. Gary Tonin. You Gary said Tonin. that you... Uh, well, he's... Actually, Gary Tonin's got an MMA fight coming up very soon, right? Back into the cage for his... Is this his third or his fourth MMA fight? Third. Third MMA fight, currently undefeated, 2-0, right? And um, before we get into who he's fighting and, and what's going on, you said that you spotted something very interesting on social media the other day that Gary posted. Yeah, there was an interview where Gary was talking about how... Now, I don't, I don't know how true this is because I've never wrestled, but he said that wrestlers really don't, don't practice with anybody outside of their their weight class like if you're in the gym you're you know in a wrestling class you're matched up with someone who is your size and then for sure we know that in tournaments it's only about the weight class there's never no absolute division there's no absolute yeah. division at all so 
um, that's one of the reasons why he decided to go into jujitsu because he liked the idea of being able to handle bigger opponents and not just being one dimensional and taking on someone your own size. And I thought that was a really interesting point. I mean, that's what kind of makes like jujitsu so unique, right? Is the fact that it, it was, if you kind of, uh, subscribe to this, that it was created by a smaller person to take on larger opponents. Mm. But I think it's, jiu-jitsu allows you to experiment with different body types you know different you can see does this technique really work is this going to work on a small guy is it going to work on a big guy am i muscling this too much am i using too much strength so i thought that was a really interesting comment it is an interesting one and i i kind of i i appreciate that that wrestlers think like that because i'll be honest that some of my jiu-jitsu experiences um rolling with bigger guys not necessarily being fun or productive or healthy you know because sometimes i'm not a huge guy by any means i'm walking around about 180 something like that and you know rolling with a guy who outweigh outweighs me by 30 40 pounds uh number one i'm never going to compete against a guy that big right number two like there's a serious chance of getting hurt you know Mm -hmm. so it's um i i appreciate that 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 yes there is that you know like let's 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 keep it within our certain parameters mm-hmm. and it's healthier for everybody but at the same time i guess jujitsu as well the martial arts roots as opposed to pure sport like mm-hmm. wrestling uh, a lot of us got into jujitsu because we were like well you know i want to be able to protect myself if something goes wrong right. you don't have pick and choose of how big your uh, attacker is on the street shall we say right so there's that one of my favorite parts of always of jiu-jitsu has been the absolute division. So I, I love, like, that concept, you know, that it just kind of, like, if weight doesn't matter. You know, you just go out there and, and try to win. Um, but I would say there, there's probably truth to, to what Gary was saying, right? In a wrestling room, you usually only kind of go with guys your own size. It's probably even more true um, if you're, like, you know, under 120 pounds or so. Um <laughs> So, yeah, definitely probably guys, you know, you go with your the JV team or something like that, that weight class mm-hmm. and something like that. So you probably do go less. But I, I love rolling with, with smaller guys. You know, I'm a bigger guy. I'm usually one of the bigger guys in, in the room. Um, what are you, like 205? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably, probably pushing around 200 these days. Um, but, uh, yeah. But you got no problem rolling with a featherweight. Well, I, I like rolling, you know, Chase is a lot smaller than me. And uh, I, we, Chase and I roll all the time. And I, I like, like, yeah, adapting your game, sure. right? You know, like when I roll with Chase, like I'm not going to, or when I roll with somebody smaller, like I'm usually not going to like, you know, do my like pressure pass thing or something like that, right. you know, because that, that seems weird. So I like, you know, it's always fun to to try a different game, you know, try try some Barambolo stuff or think outside of what your normal game mm-hmm. is. Thing is, I don't think you'll ever hear a bigger guy complaining about training with a smaller guy, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sure. You flip that around and all of a sudden the 140-pound the guy, when he sees the 180-pound jack dude coming over yeah. to him, he's probably thinking... Oh, here we go. Respect yeah. to the smaller guys. Yeah, man. true that because it definitely is a, it's a disadvantage. You know, I think a lot of people. It's kind of a rest round for you, right? <laughs> well, no, not really. But, not really. But it, it's just like Depends. it definitely is a uh, a disadvantage. Usually, you know, we're both equal jujitsu, but I'm forty pounds heavier. You know, but yeah. then I, I can kind of also tell, like, oh man, I'm really muscling this te- this yeah. technique. If yeah. we're going with a smaller guy, I'm like, man, that's. It's not going to work against someone who's yeah, exactly. way bigger than me you or gotta, my size. you got to dial it down, focus on the technique, get it right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, actually, um, I, I also appreciate having rolled, and rolled with smaller people. But one thing I also appreciate is uh, learning from a smaller instructor, right? Mm. A, a guy who is lighter in weight has never been able to muscle those techniques, yeah, right? Yeah. And you He's can had to learn the technique. Exactly. So a guy, you know, an instructor will give you those details that make or break it. Whereas let's say you go and learn from a two hundred and sixty pound guy. I'm not saying the guy doesn't have good jujitsu, but sometimes it's something that would only work for a guy his size. He's like, then you just grab it and you just break it. But that's kind of the, the wrestling mentality. You know, you have these guys who are just like physical powerhouses. That's the thing with wrestling. You're kind of going after it's certainly technique, but a lot of it is grit, mental toughness, how strong mm-hmm. you are. Right. So, you know, know, talking about the whole training, you know, within your own weight class and stuff as well. Some things that um, just just going back in my memory banks there about like visiting different gyms. I trained um, I trained at a jiu-jitsu gym. I, was, I, was, I can't remember where I was, but I was traveling somewhere. And um, 
like it, when it came to rolling, the the instructor separated everybody. He's like, hey, everybody under 155 pounds, this side of the room. Mm-hmm. If you're between 155 and 190, here in the middle. Everybody over 190, you go over there. And then it was like kind of situational drilling, kind of like, you know, King of the Mat and stuff. But they split it up specifically by weight kind of, not divisions, but roughly people of the same size. And I, like I, that. I appreciated that. That was cool. I don't yeah, think yeah, they did that. it every day, but it was something that I spotted in a session. I was like, hmm. yeah. Also, I want to mention that. Yeah, I don't want to sound like that. Like I'm always beating the small guy because there's plenty of small guys who whoop me. You know, I remember when I was a white belt going in, I, we had this guy John at the gym who was 135 pounds, and uh, he was so much smaller than me. But uh, you just would, just would whoop me. That's how most of us got, figure out jujitsu yeah. works, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, the small guy who tools you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I don't think weight classes like do that much when they're that close, like super heavy and heavy. Those guys are pretty much around the same size or mm. medium heavy and heavy, right? That's why I like there's a lot of new tournaments now where it's like 180 and over, mm-hmm. everyone together, 180 and under, everyone together. I like that type of stuff because I I feel like you get to see more matchups that we wouldn't normally see. And those guys really can show that, hey, I'm I'm better than this guy even though he's, he's – 10, 15 pounds heavier than me. Yeah. I, I, just another thing about training um, with specific weight classes. A friend of mine, Felipe Costa, a very, very good black belt from Rio de Janeiro, uh, black belt world champion back in the day as well. And um, Felipe, he was kind of, you know, he's a small dude. He competes at rooster or like feather, right? And he was like, well, you know, I don't really get a lot from training with big guys. He, he would do it once in a while, but, you know, it wasn't his favorite thing to do. So he actually set up uh, an open training session. Uh, the guys from any team could come down, train together, but you, the cap was lightweight. And he called it lightweight training. So mm-hmm. basically anything from rooster weight through to lightweight, male or female, come down and train, but only up to this weight limit. And it was cool because you had a bunch of guys coming down from different gyms training together, all belt colors as well. You had good purple belts and brown belts. You had black belts established. And... Uh, Potentially, some of them could have run into each other in competition, but you know the really super duper competitive guys—they just they refused the invitation. They didn't go. Mm. But I thought that was kind of a nice little. Uh, it was almost like an open mat, but they they ran it with structured rounds and stuff. Yeah, I think cool. if I if I know I'm competing soon, then I definitely want to get tough rounds with guys who are my size because yeah. I know that that's yeah, what yeah. I'm going to be experiencing. So I definitely try to cater my training to guys who are more my size if I know I'm going to be competing soon. Yeah, definitely. And um. An interesting point as well was uh, that Chase made in uh, the, your most recent episode of Backtake, mm. uh, the Mexico trip. Mm. Yeah, we had a lot of fun for that when, one. Yeah, when you guys went and you uh, you competed in Mexico yeah, yeah, yeah. City. Talk about it. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys competed in Mexico City, right? Yeah, yeah, Mexico City. Yeah. And one thing that uh, Chase mentioned was that he felt like a big guy against guys his own size in competition. Because he almost never rolls a guy's his own size. It, yeah, yeah. He uh, said it was pretty refreshing to like yeah. get in there against guys who actually is like... Huck around some 137 pounders or whatever <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's getting henched now though, right? Yeah. He's right up to like 145. That's what he keeps saying. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, Gravity Tonin though. We should definitely mention he's, uh, that he yeah, he's is, got a, he is got an MMA same fight night, up. Same night there as Kasai. I think he's, he's fighting on one FC. Yeah, going first. His third. His third um, Who's he fighting? Sung Jong Lee from South Korea. By all accounts, he's a um, it's a tenth planet jujitsu guy. guy. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. If okay. you watch some of his fights, he's a he's a big heel hook guy too, right? We were just looking at some of that, and he's uh, won a couple of fights by heel hook. And I remember watching his last fight where he lost, not by heel hook, but by like a failed heel hook, I guess, failed offensive heel hook. Got TKO'd. Yeah, he got TKO'd. Yikes! Interesting, so yeah, yeah. I, I'm, like, a submission guy against a uh, noted submission grappler. Yeah, you don't want to go huge exchanging heel hooks with Gary Tonin. So I don't, what does this fight happen? What happens? Do they stand up and show what they got on the feet? Or I'd love to see more Gary stand up. It's a work in progress. He definitely needs to work on it, yeah. right? We know what he's capable of as a grappler. So In his last fight, he was throwing some, throwing some kicks and punches and stuff, and he, he said he actually enjoyed standing on his feet. But unfortunately, it's the same night as Kasai 4, so you have to tune into Kasai 4. Yeah, yeah. You won't be able to watch it, unfortunately. So. <laughs> <laughs> Not for you. Uh, we're getting to that point where uh, we're into the latter part of the show. One thing that we should definitely make people aware of, that coming back later this year, 
Flow Grappling Awards. There you go. Oh, they're the best. They're yeah. so fun, aren't they? They are. Like everyone gets so involved. It's like your opportunity to get some. I don't know. You get a lot of recognition from like winning an event, you know. But then it's the event's over and that's it, you know. But what have you done over the year? Yeah. And, and maybe it's not, you know, you didn't win, but you. We have so many different categories, right? We've got like most improved, I think, or um, breakout breakthrough yeah. of the year, and obviously black belt of the year. Yeah, no, black this belt is of the year. Speaking of black belt of the year, sorry, Rico. Go ahead. No, no, no. Uh, I was just gonna say, I just kind of agree with, with Will there. It's always fun to just, you know, we have so many events, and and it's kind of like the next one, then it's Nogi World, and it's the next event, and it's the next event. So it's great to just kind of take a step back and look at the the year kind of holistically, and and, and who had a great year, you know, who who strung together, you know, multiple wins and things like that, and who had some crazy submissions. That's always the, the one of yeah. the, my favorite submission categories, you know, mm-hmm. the submission of the year. Take a look back at the best submissions. So I, I love doing, you know, being involved with it every year. It's a, like I said, it's a great great time to just kind of like take, take a step back and, and look at the year as a whole. Any early early front runners? Man, yeah, if we want to talk about Black Belt of the Year, you know, I think that this is a, an interesting year a little bit because, um, you know, there's nobody, in my opinion, that's kind of like head and shoulders really above right. everybody else. You know, you know, usually, even this year, Bushasha didn't win double gold. You know, Leandro won the abs- or he took the gold in the absolute, and, and Bushasha took gold in the ultra heavyweight. So they yeah. kind of split the medals there. Um, no, there's plenty of guys out last, there. Last year it was Cobrini, right? And he did the. And he so, he, so Cobrini kind of really separated himself. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. You know, double he, grand slam, double yeah. grand slam, super grand slam. We should one, say one eighty cc Brazilian double. nationals, pans and worlds. You know, kind of hard to was like, hard to top right, that for yeah. sure. That's pretty much a once in a lifetime achievement, yeah. right there. I don't think yeah. many people ever get the chance to do that. But uh, maybe front runners. I'll, I'll throw out a, throw out a name. Actually, he's competing uh, this weekend against the uh, former UFC heavyweight champion Lucas Barbosa. I mean, I think oh, he's, he's he's a guy who's had a really really good year thus far ye- this year. You know, he won uh, double gold, I believe, at Europeans. Um, he had a phenomenal showing the previous year at um, Nogi Worlds in 2017. So we'll see, hopefully we'll see Gold him. medals at European Pan, Brasileiros and Worlds. Yep. Brasileiros yeah, and co- Worlds. Close out a couple, but, you know, legit legit one, like Brazilian Nationals, Absolute yes. Division. Um, close out of Worlds. But, yeah, been on a tear, right? Yeah, and excited to see him against Fabricio Verdum. So he's a guy, I think, who's had a really good what, year. What's super interesting about him, too, is that I actually look at Hulk as more of a no-gi guy. I think he's better without the gi. And so this is his season coming up now. Is We've got four-time Nogi World Champion. Is that what he is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, with the yep. double double gold last year, he won super heavy and uh, absolute last year, I believe. Yep. Um, but yeah, so excited to see him back on the mats. Anybody else pop out? Anybody else stick out to you? Me? Um, man, I think I think Muhammad Ali. I think Muhammad Ooh. Ali, you know, won worlds this year. Just won. Uh, was in the finals at the CBD uh, event, black belt event, a couple of weeks ago, and then uh, won the uh, the World Series of Grappling. Um, so I think it was definitely uh, a breakout year for him, and he just showed. One thing I love about Ali is that, man, he's just he's so good on the feet. He's good from the guard. He's good everywhere, you know. He's just a beast. He's a beast of a man. So yeah, He's always game to go at it for sure. How about you, Holly? You got, got anybody that's sticking out to you for male black belt of the year? No. <laughs> <laughs> How Black belt They say year. no is a complete sentence, so there you go. One more thing that I did want to bring up before we uh, we wrap this up is um, is an amazing amazing card that uh, we've just been sent. This has not been released. This is a, a Flow Grappling Fistful of Collars exclusive fight to win ninety five scheduled for December first in San Diego. Now this is the first time that fight to win's gone back to San Diego since what fight to win five. Yeah, four or five. Is that what yeah. it is? Yeah, yeah. So 90 shows later, they, wow. they come back around since 2016. And, um, there are some pretty good guys in San Diego, don't they? Well, one or two, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, damn, they've put together what looks to be a pretty awesome card. So in the main event, black belt, no gi, light heavyweight title, Rafael Lovato Jr. making his return to grappling against Josh Hinger. Ooh, that's spicy. It is. It's a great match. Now, we've seen these two go before in in the Gi, Masters Worlds 2017. But that was a a short match, you know, six minutes, Masters Black Belt match. This is a 10-minute submission only match. So definitely changes things somewhat, right? Man, that's crazy. Hinger's got all those crazy submissions. Hinger's definitely better no Gi than he is in Gi. I think he'll admit to that as well. That's more of his wheelhouse. 
but he's got all those crazy submissions. He's got a great guillotine. He's got this monoplata he does. He really likes those like pain submissions. Um, <laughs> I don't think they are pain mm-hmm. submissions. They just happen to be very, very painful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but I mean, but he's a lot smaller than Lovato. I don't know, man. I mean, Josh walks around he's like jacked. a solid 190. He's not big dude, but he's freaking jacked. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, Lovato is actually huge. But then, right? we, what is then he, we, six three? Right around there. Yeah. 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 But he does fight at 185. He probably won't be 185 <laughs> for this. <but laughs> he cuts a ton. He's a big dude. But we saw him, uh, the last time we saw him on Fight to Win was against Tim Spriggs, Spriggs. Nogi. Mm. And man, he. He gave it to Tim Spriggs. Hey, not a lot of people handle Spriggs like that. That was incredible. And Tim yeah. Spriggs is a big guy. He's mm-hmm. a true heavyweight, Tim Spriggs. So mm-hmm. that'll be a good yeah, one. Yeah, he's 200 plus for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Bellator number one contender there, uh, Rafael really? Lovato Jr. He's going to fight Gegard Mousasi next, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Yeah. yeah. yeah good for him, man. He deserves it because he's put the work in to get there. He right? really yeah. has, man. He's been, been grinding. And I love that, he's, like that he still hasn't abandoned grappling. You know, yeah. he's coming back to, to the world of grappling against, you know, two-time Nogi world champion and Josh Hanger. So that's, that's awesome. Just run through the card real quick because there are a ton of really good matches on here. Uh, you got a um, women's bantamweight Nogi title fight between Jenna Bishop and uh, Tubby Alequin, Amanda Alequin, that is. That's a great match. Tarsis Humphreys returns to the mat against Kuhio Tabankura. I'm probably butchering that name. I'm sorry. But uh, you got Eduardo Teles on the, on the mat versus Cassio Wernick. That's really good. Mm. Barrett Yoshida is on there. Um, man, there's a ton of names I mean, you know, going down through the, the divisions as well. There's uh, Rolando Sampson is on there. Johnny Tamer is on there. Dustin Akbari versus PJ Barch in a no-gi Ooh, match. that's a good one. I like that. I can see like a lot of guard, a lot of wrestling a lot in that match. Wrestling. Not a lot of guard pulling. Um, yeah, you've got Liz Carmouche, who is a, uh, a, a another potential title challenger in the UFC, right? Women's division up against uh, Gabby McComb from Gracie Umaita, a very, very good uh, black belt out of Leticia Hibero's team. And then, um, yeah, a ton of Whoa, really good... Oh, Keith Kikorian versus Mateus Luna. That's a yeah. crazy match. Yeah. That's an awesome one. And that's Igor a brown belt. on there too? Yeah, that's a brown belt match. You, you're pretty hot on Keith Kikorian, right? These days, yeah. I've just, you know, just been kind of following him this year. I, I remember watching him at, as a purple belt in EBI a few years ago, but it seems like he's really hitting his stride. He's going to be at, at uh, trials this weekend, so... And Mateus Luna, one of the, the twin brothers the luna brothers for out of check mat these guys they compete all the time They're always competing yeah that's a that's a stiff matchup there but I'm not, both of them i'm not sure if he uh which one it was but one of them because <laughs> it's almost impossible they have, like, to the same name yeah there's mateus and matthias Okay. I, they they want to make it more <laughs> exactly. confusing. They're all made, they're already identical. identical so, yeah. But one of them we're ju- working on it. Just beat uh, Mason Fowler in the super heavyweight. I division. believe ultra, that's yeah. ultra heavyweight. Division. Oh no no, that's Matthias. I believe it was Matthias. I think it was Matthias. Yeah, I believe it was Matthias. I think Mateus it was Matthias. Who did yeah. that? So not Matthias. Not Matthias. All right. Either but, way, but yeah. they're both really good. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they really are. Gi or no gi. Yeah. And that is a no It's match. great when you have a twin brother to be your, your oh, training right. partner, yeah, like the entire mm-hmm. time. So, like you saw, like the Rotolo twins and um, the Meows, of course. Mendez brothers. Mendez brothers. It's nice when you They're have not, just not, like, twins, not twins, but, but close enough. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you have just a dedicated training partner who's willing to train with you all the You've time. You've been fighting with them your whole life. Yeah. So. There are actually quite a lot of twins in Meows. jujitsu. Right. Yeah. yeah, obviously. But, uh, you know, we, we did an article. Um, about twins in jiu-jitsu. There are many, many more than you think. Um, there are Kevin and Brian Mehecha. Mm, oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, you've got the uh, the Blanche brothers from Australia, the the Purple Belts, Gilgamesh and Solomon. Um, mm, yes, yes. Yeah, they're really good. Um, you've got Tymira's uh, Aquino from GF Team, the Black Belt. She's actually got a sister who potentially is a Purple Belt now, but was a Blue Belt up until recently. So that's kind of interesting because they're not the same same belt and they don't even train in the same gym because they live apart but and then um, you got a really a couple of really good brown belts called the the Cavalcanti brothers Marcos and Silvio um, representing Cicero Costa that was so weird because the first time I ever went to Cicero's gym Mm. 20 
2013, I forget, 2013, I think it was. And um, I went down and, you know, I go there and, and there's like, I got there a little bit early before the training session and all the guys had crashed out on the mat because the guys used to live in the gym, right? Mm. So the Meow Brothers are over there in their corner and then there's like 10 or 11 other guys all dotting around. And as they wake up, they start kind of walking around and stuff and I'm stood there chatting. And you know that moment in The Matrix, the movie, when the black cat walks past? Mm-hmm. And then like a couple of seconds later, the black cat walks past again, yeah. right? This kid walks past me. And then a couple of seconds later, this, this other kid walks past and I'm like, wait, what? Is there a glitch in the matrix? So <laughs> there's the two Meow Brothers and then there's these other two twins over there. The other, oh, what, What's man. going on? What's in the water here? Yeah, like, they just duplicate <laughs> when they're on that. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing at tournaments. When I see the Luna Brothers, I'm always like, did I, did I say hi to you yet? Yeah. I said hi to one of you. Yeah. Not sure. We'll, uh, we'll figure it out eventually. Yeah. And uh, one last thing to wrap up because we are running long. But um, Will, Continuing the series that we instituted last week, unpopular jujitsu opinions. I hear you've got one. I do. I do. I, I guess it's an unpopular jujitsu opinion. I'll throw it out there. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. You know how like a lot of times in in uh, in the academy, you're not supposed to, when it's time to roll, as a lower belt, you're not supposed to call out an upper belt to roll. So a blue belt doesn't call out a brown belt. A blue belt doesn't call out a purple belt. You wait to be called out. So a blue belt can call out another blue belt. You can invite that guy to go for a roll. To go roll. A blue belt can go and invite a white belt for a roll. But a white belt can't walk up to a black belt and go, hey, bro, what's up? Want to roll? Right. Okay. So Just getting it straight. So here's the thing. Like, that's like, you know, people don't appreciate that. It's not, you know, you just don't do that. But if it's not your first day in the class and you've been with these guys for maybe a couple of weeks or months, right? I don't have a problem with a blue belt. I'm a brown belt. I don't have a problem with the blue belt saying, hey, man, you want to you roll? Like. I don't have any problem with that. Like, it doesn't bother me at all. Like, I, I don't feel disrespected. I, and I'm, yeah, You don't feel it's an affront to your seniority? <laughs> no. I mean, because I always appreciated when I was a blue belt, when I got to roll with, with guys who were upper belts. You know, obviously, I played by the rules, and I waited for them to call me out. But I always learn. you always learn something from from an upper belt. You're always like, man, I can I can be that good one day or, you know, that's what I can aspire to. And well, you've trained in a few different gyms. Is it has it always been that way? That that tradition? Cuz I know that it's uh it's one of those things that a lot of old school guys have that and then other gyms it's like, ah, you just train whoever you want. Just call somebody yeah, out. Yeah. That's that's true. It is definitely gym by gym. Right. It goes to gym by gym. But were, were many of the gyms you visited has it been like that? I would say yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. And sometimes um some some places were more like strict about it like oh no you don't do that like mm. you're sitting this one out don't you don't call me out and it actually depends on the person that you call out to so from someone Very like me true. i'm fine with it but you call out someone like reed who like hates no i'm just kidding <laughs> despises <laughs> white belts <laughs> <laughs> you know they you might you might get a you might have something coming to you from yeah. someone like that so. they'll be like oh okay yeah sure we can roll and then put the smack down you get right. smashed huh yeah so what, what do you guys think well i mean i've encountered that for sure um, definitely, I would say that I saw it more in Brazil. I never saw it in the UK, and I've never really experienced it in the US. But I've only ever trained in the US as a brown or black belt. So, um, I guess in Brazil, I definitely saw it in a few different gyms. But it depended because some gyms, when it came to rolling time, the instructors would pair you up. Mm. So it'd be like, okay, uh, you know, you you're gonna go with him. You're gonna go with him. You're gonna go with him. And you never had the opportunity to kind of you know for every role for every role wow. every round every gym that I that I visited the instructors would pair you up like you, you know you would he'd make sure you get a really good cross section of people to train with as well. But it would never be that moment when you'd be like, hey, you want to go? The exception was uh, when I first moved to Brazil. I was purple belt, and I went to an open mat session at Gordo's gym. And basically the Saturday morning open mat sessions at Gordo's were notorious because you would just go in and there'd be like 25 black belts on the mat. And you could probably count the amount of colored belts on one or two hands, right? So as a purple belt walking into the lion's den like that, I was like, I'm just going to sit here and wait for somebody to ask me, right? And I sat there for three rounds in a row, three 10-minute rounds in a row, and I'm still waiting for somebody to come over. And Gordo actually comes past and he's like... Just go go grab one of them. And I was like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, 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 it's fine, it's fine. So I did. But when I went over to the black belt and I asked him, he kind of looked at me like, what belt are you? I was a purple. He, he was kind of like, oh, pff, what are you doing asking me? And I was like, Gordo told me to come over. And he's like, no, oh, okay then. <laughs> so, you know. So that's the thing too. Sometimes you won't have the opportunity to roll if you don't. If you, you don't know. say anything, yeah. Right. 
and you want to you want to get in like a lot of guys like to challenge themselves so let's say you're you know blue belt is a long haul right you've got yeah. a brand new blue belt and you can have like a four-year blue belt some of those four-year blue belts are tired of rolling with white and lower lower level blue belts mm-hmm. they want to roll with uh they want to challenge themselves so that that might become a problem too i think if, when you're at your home gym um, you know, I would, I would hope that, that that type of thinking, like, can, can be suppressed a, a little bit, you know? Like, I, I think when you're at your home gym, you got your regular crew of guys, like, it doesn't really matter to me anyway, right? When um, a white belt rolls with a brown belt or whatever. But, but definitely when I go travel, right, and, and I go visit, visit a lot of gyms for just a drop-in or, or just a couple days or something like that, and that's when definitely I can feel the pressure of, of like I'm a purple belt, so I don't want to ask. Mm-hmm. You know, I would love to when I go to to um, to like a Marcelo Garcia Academy. Yeah. You know, I'd love to go in there and get get roles with with um, Mateus Denise and stuff like that. But it certainly I don't. Know, it doesn't feel like it's my place, right? Yeah, to, to, yeah. Go, to go in, walk in, and be like, hey. Mateus, you, me, <laughs> let's go. You know, I would never do that, obviously. Right, right. So, so you know, there's certainly uh, a time and a place for it, right? Um, I it, notice that people avoid asking me sometimes because I'm a black belt. They're, you know, I'll be there and I'll be looking around and people just kind of be like... You got the shaved sheep, head, the goatee, <laughs> man, you're intimidating. No, but they'll, they'll sheepishly look in my direction and kind of like... You know, but they won't come over. And then some guys, if they do come over, they'll be like, hey, do, do you mind? <laughs> They're trying to throw a hint to you, Hal. Ooh, would They're it trying be to tell you, hey, <laughs> please ask me Yeah, would, would it be okay? Do you, do, do they, Why do you think they, that is, though? Because of the seniority. Thing. Just because you're Just because of the seniority. And, it's, and, it's yeah. and I don't have an issue with people coming to me and asking me to roll because literally the worst thing I can do is say no. Right. And I do say no. If I don't feel like it, I won't. You know, If a white belt comes over to me, I'm not a, the biggest fan of training with white belts because I don't get a lot of out of that experience and neither do they because they're still trying to figure out what's going on and I want a good role and, you know, like my time is limited in the gym so I'm going to seek out the best training for me. Right. But, you know, if, if a 250-pound blue belt comes over and he's like, hey, man, do you want to roll? I'll be like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. good. I'm good. It is a little different, too, I think, a, a blue belt asking a brown belt to roll and a blue belt asking a black belt to roll. Yeah. It's something a little yeah. little different there, it's too, true. right? So It's all about the eye contact, right? Yeah. And you mentioned the relationship well, see, I can't well. see anything ever in the gym, so I just <laughs> never make eye contact with anybody. Reed just hopes that anybody will come to him. Like, there's we'll, a shape we'll, coming we'll, his yeah, way. Yeah, we'll fall into my, into my distance where I can see people. Uh, like, yeah. People all the time do it to me. We're like, hey, man, we met at the gym. We rolled together. And I'm like, sorry, man. Like, I didn't have my glasses on. I couldn't see what you looked like. So, <laughs> no, everything bad. about his jujitsu game, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. uh, yeah, man. Well, I think that's a, uh, a fine place to call this episode. Uh, another good one. Lots going on, as we mentioned. Big weekend. Once or twice. Flow Sports app. It's awesome. You should get it. <laughs> Absolutely really should. So much cool stuff on there. Uh, lots of live events coming up uh, this weekend and most weekends in November. We got Kasai Pro 4. Uh, we got a real Grand Slam. Got a bunch of fight to win events. It'll be a lot of fun. Yep. Huge cool. month. November's yeah. packed. All right, guys. See you at the next one. <laughs>